In this episode, we talk about shifting identities in everyday life and how you can be limited by other people's expectations of you. But by turning to self-compassion as a technique, you can help to guide yourself during difficult times and give yourself permission to be who you need to be. Hello, and welcome to The Feminine Gathering, a judgment-free and safe space to share stories of collective healing and to liberate the divine feminine within us. I'm Deborah. I'm Gemma. We're your hosts, and together we've created this space to welcome you to listen and chat with us as we discover how feminine and masculine archetypes play a role in our lives as we navigate these energies together. We explore how to step into our personal power by expressing our authentic selves. The Divine Feminine has been suppressed for far too long, and it's time we come together to set her free. This is more than a movement. This is a paradigm shift. Thank you for joining us. When we're going through new chapters in our life, quite often we're changing our identity in some ways. You know, there's a part of us that is changing in order to evolve and be the person that we're becoming in that chapter. And something that's not relevant in my life, but of course relevant in yours, Deborah, is, you know, becoming a parent and becoming that version of yourself. It also plays out in our day-to-day life in the corporate world. Like, who are we when we go to work, whether it's corporate or not? Who are we with our family? Who are we with our friends? And I suppose the different masks that we wear around different people as well. But what I find really interesting is that And I've said this before on a podcast around like boxes and that we're so conditioned in society to be put into a box and to have a label, to have a job title and to have an elevator pitch over what it is that you do. But we're so much more complex than that. We have this pressure to try and put in a box what we are, like even on our Instagram bio, it's like you have... I don't know, is it 100 characters or something that you get to describe what you do and who you are? And if you're a service provider, who you're helping? And it's the same with work. You know, what do you do? Or, um, you know, you're introducing a podcast host or whatever it is. And it's almost like you're shifting hats in that moment. And that's going to be very Mm -hmm. different based on the people that you're with. And I'm not, this isn't a criticism in any way. I'm not saying that it's it shouldn't be that way, but it's definitely an, an awareness of who we are. And are we almost putting like so much pressure on ourselves to be like, okay, who am I? And I've, I'm guilty of it in the sense of like, I've sat there and strategized who I am on like my iPhone notes before. Okay, I'm a trauma-informed healer. I've been doing this for this amount of time. I'm X, Y, Z in corporate life. I'm also a daughter, um, a sister, an auntie, a god parent like we can be all of these different things and I think it's a really important conversation because what happens when you're just trying to fit into a box I'm well the first thing that I thought of was if the box is not big enough it breaks and so I don't know I um I've often ask myself this question too uh, because I get you know we all get asked these questions like who are you or what are you doing and what are you like what do you do for your life or, and all this stuff and I've always had an issue with this question even even when I was in college and university you know this was just like when they would ask you like 
where do you see yourself in the next five years? Or what do you want to be? Or all this stuff. I was just like, how am I supposed to even know this answer at this moment of my life? I'm like 18 years old. You want me to have a five-year plan? I don't know. (laughs) Like, and I always like, I would even mention this to some of my advisors and supervisors. Like, how am I supposed to know this when life is so flux? Like, I just can't predict where I'm going to go or what's going to change and who I'm going to be. Because what I want to be today might not want be who I want to be tomorrow. And do we consider that when we think of these plans? You understand when we think of where we're going in our life? And oftentimes I think, no, we don't. You know, we just sort of focus on the present, which is great, which is fine, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Which is why I think that these questions like, who do you want to be and where do you want to go? Sometimes are not the right questions to ask. Um, so then we get to the question, okay, well, then who are you now? And that is what you you just said. It's, it's a load. It's a loaded question because who I am now is a lot of different things. Like I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, like you just said, but I'm also, uh, let's say for me personally, I'm a intuitive and I'm a psychic in terms of like tarot reading. Um, but I'm also a small business owner and I'm a, I'm starting a new project. I have a master's degree. I have a master's degree in environmental science and policy. I do research. I am a scientist. Like I, there's just like so many different things. And then I have to choose which one I am depending on who I'm talking to. And that can be a little hard because I want to be everything. <clears throat> I want to be like, I'm just Deborah. This is me. But nobody knows who that is. And so I have to start being like, okay, well, now I have to choose. Like, oh, well, this person is probably going to be impressed by this. I'm going to tell them this. You understand? Or that person wants to know this about me. So I'm going to elaborate on that. And we just have to be very picky and choosy when it comes to identifying ourselves. And sometimes it's a little like stressful, at least for me, because I personally hate being put in a little box um, because Like I said, I think it's sometimes, oftentimes it's too small and we just like, you know, end up ruining it anyway. And then we, you know, I don't know. It just, um, it doesn't feel like the right size fit for me, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know if that is coming together in any way, but that's just basically how I feel. Like, don't try to put me in a box because I'm going to break out of it. And then I'm going to become something else. And then I'm going to need a bigger box. And then I'm not, I don't want to, I think my fear is, or like my problem is not meeting the person's expectations or not meeting the company's expectations or not like, you understand, because I don't know what you think of when you think of a psychic or an intuitive or a tarot reader. You understand? I don't know what your perception is or your expectation is of that. I know what I am as, as to who I am, but maybe I won't meet that expectation for you. And then all of a sudden you think I'm a flake. You understand the same thing with a scientist or researcher. And so it's just like one of those things where I'm like, well, can't please everybody. So I'm just going to go do what I got to do and be who I got to be and hopefully align to the people who vibrate with me. And that's it. A hundred percent. And that's what we can do. We can show up as ourselves authentically as who we are. And I definitely agree. I think there's situations that you go to where, you know, you are, the person that you are because of the person that you're with and that might be for 
you know, a very channeled purpose. Like you could be in a work meeting and you're there to achieve a common outcome. And so that's the hat that you're wearing at that time in order, you know, to get that I'm in sales, for example, and I consult with my clients. So for, in order to get somebody from like A to B, then that's the hat that I'm wearing at the time. You know, I'm not coming in with the, oh, by the way, I'm a coach, I'm a healer and I'm, you know, I'm a sister or whatever it is that I'm bringing in. But I also think it depends on the depth of the relationship that we're building with that, with the person that we're sharing ourselves with. And what I think is really important is to know and be conscious more so of all of the people that we are to ourselves first and foremost, um, and have that awareness that we can be all those things. And even if it's an awareness of shifting, um, between like for me for example when I leave work for the day and I go and spend time with my family I I have to shut off the laptop and put my phone away so I can be present with my family because Mm -hmm. I'm not in work mode at that time um like in the same way that I've just closed down all of my work emails right now and all of my notifications to record a podcast because now I'm Gemma who is a podcast host and also speaking with my friend so this is a different version of me and I think that we all have so many identities almost like there is only one us but there's all these different aspects that make up who we are and we can easily and like I said before I've been guilty of this um where you know from a very young age systematically we are almost institutionalized to like fit into certain boxes. And and I don't think people do it with any malice or anything like that. It's just genuine inquiry, genuine interest. When we ask children, you know, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be when you grow up? And when people start school and college, we say, what do you want to do? Um, and then you get other conversations that are like, what's your five-year plan? What do you want to do five years from now? And I think it's amazing to have goals and aspirations and I've certainly done so in my life, but also having the freedom to be whoever you want to be in the moment that you're in with the people that you're with. Um, there's no limitation on that. You know, there isn't. No, there isn't. And I think that, like you said, the system, I, I call it the system has sort of just made it this way. And I think it's, it's a good business model. You understand, like it's it it really is, and obviously it is because it's so prevalent in all of our individual lives, and everybody has had this question asked to them at least one point of their lives. And I think that while it's a good business model, and it obviously works for corporate industries and for you know business and colleges and institutions and things like that, um, it's it's not really applicable or as relevant in just normal life you know nobody in your normal day-to-day life is like oh Gemma like who are you going to be in the next five years you understand like (laughs) your family and your friends aren't concerned about that they're like more concerned about seeing you and spending time with you and having that sort of camaraderie with you and they're not very that concerned about you know what you're going to be doing in the next five years. I mean, obviously there's a little bit of concern, right? Like our parents do wonder and our family does wonder if we're going to like go broke, but all in all, like this model of like, who you are you and all this stuff is, 
is more of like, sorry, in, in my head is more just like part of the system and just kind of like doing the whole little boxing thing like we were talking about. It's just very easy for us as humans to <clears throat> understand things by categorizing them and saying like, oh, this works for me. Yeah, this is in this category. I'm going to deal with it this way. And I'm going to put this in this box and I'm going to deal with it this way. And I also think it's part of that sort of tendency that we have as humans to just want to put things in categories because it becomes a little bit easier for us to understand and handle and also um, to know if there's a threat or a danger or risk involved too. And I, that kind of makes sense too. Like now is like my little science brain going like, oh yeah, well, we have that. Like that's what we do. Um, so I get it. <laughs> I just, sometimes I just am flustered and frustrated with it because I, I, like, I think we've mentioned a little earlier before we were even on, on recording, you said like in these times of transitions, like, what do you answer? You understand? Like, what do you, when you're not in a very stable or secure spot, or you're not doing exactly what it is you want to be doing, you're sort of in this movement phase in this transition phase how do you answer these questions um and how do you identify then with who you are when you're changing yeah I think what just came to me when you when you spoke into that was our ability to just be really vulnerable with our honest truth like where that sounds really fluffy but like where are we in that transition like in the transition of like my life recently you know reducing hours in my corporate life to spend more time as a life coach and guiding people in that transition time I had a lot of people asking me what are you doing what do you want to do and whilst I've got the answers I wasn't fully in the identity yet and so I wasn't really comfortable like sharing um mm -hmm. and I didn't I'm somebody that really doesn't like speaking out things that they're working on before they started working on it like I'd rather just go and do the thing that I want to do and then I can share what I'm doing after mm -hmm. and so something that just came up for me right there is I guess the vulnerability of just saying like I'm in a transition right now or I'm actually just figuring it out right now or I don't actually know right now or I'm really interested in this or I'm working on this and sharing what it is that you're passionate about and what the truth is and again that comes down to this you mentioned it before about you know fear of not meeting someone's expectations of us but we're not responsible for what someone else thinks of us and nor do we have control over what someone else thinks of us and the things that we do have control over are what we can focus on and how we choose to channel our energy and our time in that process of of navigating and enjoying the moments of life yeah and I think that's a very good way to deal with that and to answer that question I just also believe that these these moments it's very hard to for us to I think it's very hard for us to be vulnerable and compassionate with ourselves. And I hope that whoever's listening understands that saying it and doing it are two different things. <laughs> and 
you know, the only thing that's going to help and, and it's going to really aid the process is sort of just practice. You know, you just get better at it every time that you show yourself a little bit more compassion, a little bit more vulnerability and are a little bit more honest with yourself and okay with the changes and the uncertainty. Um, and I think that that's definitely something that I resonate, especially now with is with all the changes that are going on in my life. I think I have to constantly remind myself that I don't have just one identity. I am very, I'm a, I'm a lot of things and I will figure out what I, where, where I fit or who I am once I get there. But right now I'm sort of just a little bit of everything and also not and figuring some of it out and I'm going to get there. So I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Self-compassion is a is a great tool to remember to go back to. I mean, self-compassion as well. I wasn't something that I knew that much about until I started. I actually saw a compassion focused therapist for a while. And that was a very insightful. I had to learn to be really patient. (laughs) <laughs> with myself <laughs> which isn't something that I had mastered in my life or I wouldn't even say I'm a master of it now but like the ability to just be patient and calm with ourselves and I remember at the time and I'm sure there's people wondering now like how do I be self-compassionate how do I act with compassion to myself and what works really well for me is imagining my situation that I'm in beating myself up I imagine my little nephew who's five years old coming to me and saying auntie Gemma this is what's going on in my life right now and how do I respond how do I respond to somebody that I love what would I say and then I speak those words to myself oh I think that's a beautiful method. And I think that's the method that they often talk about, like talk to yourself as if you were your, you know, child, or if you were, you know, five-year-old Gemma, or like you said, your nephew or somebody small, you understand? I think that's a wonderful technique. And I also, the technique I tend to use is um, I'm very, I'm very aware. I don't know how many people are, but I'm very aware of how, I want to be treated and what I consider respect and um, I guess mm, compassion and toward others. So my, I sort of just stick to the golden rule. So the golden rule for me is like treat, do unto others as you would do unto yourself. And oftentimes I find myself, well, what would I do unto myself? You understand like what kind of, if I'm going to be this person and I want to embody love and compassion and understanding and light and all this stuff, what does that look like for me? And how can I do that to myself so that other people can then follow suit and they understand what I want in return? And that's actually been helping me a lot too. Um, 
because I think that we often forget that people will reflect and they will treat you the way that you treat yourself or how you think of yourself. And if you're not self-aware of what that is, you'll let people sort of do whatever they want with you and you'll kind of allow it. And so at least for me, when it comes to, you know, being compassionate with myself, I often think of like, how would I respond to another person in this situation? And how would I want them to respond to me if I came to them? And then I sort of try to practice on myself. And that kind of works for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's invaluable to have ways that we can, you know, turn inward to ourselves and be more compassionate. And I I do find that for the most part, these techniques and tools are not taught in mainstream society. They're not there as like guidebooks from our doctors or anything else when we're stressed. And when we're in overwhelm, actually, we can become super stressed, dysregulated, you know, it leads to depression mental health conditions and you know at the time when I was seeing a self like a compassion focused therapist I was in a I was having a really difficult time in my life which is why I was in therapy um and actually the 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 ability to be self-compassionate has a really profound impact and there are studies out there and I'm sure I can find some um in specific reference to the ones that I was taught that I can reference you know on the podcast if anybody's interested to read more about self-compassion and actually the you know research science etc behind it then feel free I'll, I'll I'll link something here um it's really powerful you know because we can be so kind and compassionate to others but yet when shit hits the fan and something happens in our own life it's easy for us to beat ourselves up and to be unkind to ourselves and I also think it feeds back into that self-love you know how much are we allowing ourselves the time to heal and the resources that we need in our life and actually putting ourselves first and I find that being compassionate shifts that dynamic you know the minute that I channel what I just said you know to my little nephew and I channel that back to myself and my inner child the next time, and it's happened to me before, and then the next time that I've been or would have ordinarily been triggered by a similar situation, I've already worked through it. And I'm like, oh, no, it doesn't hurt as much or that doesn't feel so heavy because it doesn't really matter. You know, that thing that I've been channeling all this stress and overwhelm and exertion into, what actually matters is this. And that's the conversation, you know, that I had with my little nephew, Compassionate Self, so yeah I I think it's a powerful thing to do definitely be kind of being kinder to ourselves and I know that we say it's easier said than done but something like this like take the time take five minutes out of your day and just have that conversation with that little part of you what would you say to him or her or to somebody else that you love and how does it feel to say those words back to you that's beautiful I love that. We should do that more often, for sure. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Who, 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 what more? How else would we show up in this world every day if we were actually kinder to ourselves and more compassionate towards ourselves? 
Yeah. And I think that'll also help with us trying to answer the question as to who we are and, and these identities that we place on ourselves. Because if we happen to, you know, choose an identity and say, well, I'm this, and then you no longer are that, or you feel you want to change that, then you'll have that ability because you've been practicing your self-compassion to understand that you're not limited by that title and that it's okay to change it and go on to something else. And it'll be an easier transition for you the next time. And that's, I guess, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, like give yourself the freedom to experiment, right? Like if um, I'm going to use my nephew again as an example, because like, let's say he's five years old now, let's say in a few years time, he turns around and says, I want to be an astronaut, right? Which is, I feel like a common thing for a young child to want to be. Um, and then, you know, fast forward five years, he turns around and says, I want to be a writer. And then five years later, he says, I want to be an artist. There is never going to be a moment where he turns around and says, I'm doing this or I want to be this, that anyone I believe in the family would think that that's what he needs to now do for the rest of his life. You know, there is no restriction whatsoever. And the people that love you, as you said before, the people that love you just want to spend time with you. You know, the people that really matter want to be with you for who you are, not for Mm -hmm. a title or a box that you put yourself in. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. about impressing people or uh, trying to be anything really other than the person that you really are at your core and what makes you happy and the people that love you most. And again, coming back to self-compassion and actually loving yourself and giving yourself that freedom to express, to channel different things, try new things in your life, being new things in your life. You know, and we do this naturally as we evolve in our family dynamic you know we go from childhood to teenage years to adulthood and then to being parents and grandparents godparents friends sisters you know all the things in our like emotional family circles and that kind of evolves naturally I guess as part of our identity and then we have the other identity that's who we are in our work and they're interchangeable and when you see it for a lens of like compassion and how would you behave in that way to somebody that you really love I know how I would answer that like I I wouldn't care how much somebody changed their you know desires and as long as they were happy and doing the things that they wanted to do with their time and they were happy at the end of the day like freedom like no one's going to hold you to account to be an astronaut for the rest of your life because you decided that's who you were going to be at 12 and I would say the same mm-hmm. to somebody at 30, at 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. Like you have the freedom to to choose who you want to be and different things that you want to experiment with. But then it's like the who are you at your core? You know, what are your values? What are the things that no matter what identity shifts, stay the same? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually just thought of something right now, too. Always be careful when you are speaking to that person and you are, let's say, expressing yourself and saying, you know, I'm not this person anymore. And that person gets upset for whatever reason. You understand? Like, what do you mean you're not this person anymore? What do you mean you don't do this anymore? Understand that there's always an intention. Anybody who gets upset with you for you 
choosing to live your life in alignment or your life choosing to be happier or choosing your own path and somebody becomes upset with you understand that there is an intention there there is a reason for that and you have to figure out what that reason is and if that reason is not very good then maybe you're doing the right thing oftentimes the reason is just fear like I know for instance our parents like if we say mom dad I'm not gonna be a I'm not going my personal experience I'm not doing this PhD anymore I'm gonna go for my master's and I'm gonna figure out my life if they're going to be like, what do you mean? Like, what will happen? Like, why not? Like, oh my God, understand that that's fear. And it's just concern because of the prestige and of the the title that comes with this, you know, the, uh, this degree. And then them wondering, well, like, if you're not going to do that, then how are you going to make a living and how? Okay, well, that's normal. I think that's fear. And once you explain to them, I think they understand. And that's just sort of like a communication barrier. But then there's other people where if you say, I don't want to do this anymore and they get upset at you or they're like, that's ridiculous. And like, I can't believe this. Like we're not seeing how to act, you know, whatever. Then check yourself, like check your environment, check that environment and see if you really, really want to be somewhere that doesn't support your growth and your happiness. And I think that oftentimes when it comes to us identifying and, and choosing an identity, it's also that like, are we meeting expectations and are we um, <clears throat> aligning with that other person's vision of us? And if something changes, <clears throat> excuse me, if something changes, will they support us? And if the answer is no, then, then maybe you should uh, go somewhere else. Very good point. I think that, especially with the people that we love, <laughs> And that are, you know close around us if we're going for a transition in our life or changing direction and moving from something that everyone knows of us and there's a lot of security and stability around that identity and we're shifting into something new that change to uncertainty is gonna bring up fear for other people and they then project that fear um onto yeah. onto us and it's not because well it could be for various reasons, but let's hope that, you know, it comes from a good place, but they're their fears and they want to protect us at the end of the day. I'm thinking right now of parents, for example, parents and siblings mm -hmm. and partners, friends that want to protect us and support us. Um, I actually made a post about this just yesterday on my Instagram reels about what your, you know, what your family expect of you. And just because their family doesn't give them a right of passage. Um, and that's not to say that, you know in in this context of course it depends on the situation but you know if if somebody isn't supporting your journey or able to encourage yeah basically able to encourage or support your journey and your decisions then you do have the ability now as an adult to to set boundaries and to be really clear on your communication intentions and expectations of how somebody you want somebody to be in your life you know people free willingly give advice all the time and you might not want to receive it and it's perfectly okay to set a boundary and to say you know thank you very much for your concern but I'm not looking for advice right now and I have that right. conversation a lot with my parents <laughs> <laughs> you know when I'm sharing something I'm like look I 
thank you, but I don't want advice. I just want you to listen and support me. And I give them permission to listen and support me. And if they didn't, you know, we'd be going down a different conversation route entirely. But I just wanted to um, make a point there because we're so conditioned as kids to do what our parents want of us. Um, and to follow that linear path that we spoke about at the beginning, you know, that societal um, institutional conditioning of, you know, go to school, go to college, go to uni, get a job, etc. And because our parents want quite often, especially in, in my generation, you know, that was the route that we went down for the most stability and security that would in it came from a loving place. They wanted to make sure that you'd be, you know, have a roof over your head and have all your needs met as, a, as an adult once they got older so it came from a good place but that kind of sticks you in that box in those walls you know and I think just having the expression as you navigate outside of that to just realize that you don't have to meet your parents expectations anymore you know as an adult we do get to choose the route that we want to go down in our life and freely express and communicate what our needs are and where we need to set boundaries and boundaries is a whole other conversation. We need another oh, episode yeah. on boundaries. <laughs> For sure. That's a day. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. And I think that this type of conversation can be had with anybody, you know, your parents, your friends, your spouse, and depending on what type of relationship you have with your coworkers and boss, like even with them, you understand? And it's all about communication. It's all about understanding and being compassionate and, you know, knowing that we wear different masks at all points we assume different identities at different phases in our lives and that it's okay to currently and presently assume one and then tomorrow another and either add or subtract and just sort of figure it out and do whatever it is that works best for you Thank you for sharing this space with us today. If we've resonated with you, we'd love to know. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and you can find us on Instagram at The Feminine Gathering. And let's continue to navigate this new paradigm together.